Utah's best sports radio is on the Zone Sports Network. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... And it's time to kick off Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in The Zone Sports Network. Our next guests are the co-hosts of the very popular radio program entitled The Big Show. The Big Show. This is The Big Show. They call me Hollywood. Here come The Big Show. Big Show. show. Ladies and gentlemen, The Big Show. It's a big show. Everybody ready? It's Thirsty Thursday. Happy Thursday. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Happy Thursday. Jake with you broadcasting from our Vivint Smart Home Arena studios, Austin Horton across the glass from me, and safely social distancing from Casa de Monson, the one, the only, Gordon Monson. Gordon, hello. Hello, Jake. How are you on Thursday? I'm cold. Uh, I'm cold. How are you? What's going on? No, it's just, it's icy cold in this studio. (laughs) I mean, like, frostbitingly so. And I know I, 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 I complain about this far too often, but I'll tell you what, we have the, the weirdest thermostat in this room where it's all about the extremes. And the way the shows are lined up, the, the, the preference on temperature tends to change. So, uh-huh. so just to explain, DJ comes in here in a parka. Mm-hmm. in the summertime because it gets so cold in here. So he obviously turns the thermostat up. Hans and Scotty like things a little bit on the crisper side, and it's probably finally warmed up by the time DJ leaves, so they, of course, turn it all the way down. <laughs> so then by the time that I arrive, it's, it's crisp. It is, it and is, yet you never bring a jacket. You'd think I would learn. <laughs> well, it's, it's going to hit 90 degrees today. Who needs a jacket? Ugh. So I guess the question then becomes... Those guys are, are 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 paying. I mean, it's essentially costing money for it to be freezing cold in there. Uh, sure, sure. Yeah. I mean, right? You can look the at it that way. On. Yeah, the which I'm grateful for, by the way. Which I had this discussion yesterday with Austin. We remember we were here during the re- renovation, and when I mean here, like I'm not talking about. Uh, the station was around at the time. I'm talking here, like here, in the building. <laughs> Wrecking balls swinging by the window. It was it was quite the experience, and uh, occasionally things like air conditioning didn't uh, make number one on the old priority list. Understandably so, and it was sweltering, as you remember, I'm sure, Gordon. Mm-hmm. And so I don't want to complain about it being cold because this really is better than it being unbelievably hot. So uh, forget everything I just said. No, but you, I know exactly what you're talking about when it's 90 degrees outside or hotter, and then you walk into some place that you do. You feel like you need a sweater. Well, this now, is, th- that seems sort of counterproductive, doesn't it? Because <laughs> it does. you're paying extra money to have to put on a sweater. This is a, a real thing, uh, at least in the South where, uh, where my grandparents live. Uh, and and a, a lot of places in the South that I've been personally, they really air condition in their their buildings. And when you walk in, it is incredible. I go from sweating bullets because it's so humid <laughs> to icy cold, in, yeah. in, and it's just like a like a punch in the face. It's mm-hmm. it's it's crazy. But that that's kind of how it feels with the uh, with the studio. Well, I hope you uh, find a way through. I mean, I, <laughs> thank you're gonna, you. You're gonna thank get you. Up and do j- jumping jacks or uh, maybe uh, some push-ups or something. I might. I don't know. If I take a walk during the breaks, Gordon, that's that's why I'm going someplace warmer. Mm. Like Jimmy okay. Buffett said, I'm going to go where it's warm. Well, I mean, did you turn the thermostat back up? Yes, I did. 
I did. Okay. It's I mean, kind of my little so. ritual. It's the the first thing I do when I come. So you're pretty comfortable by the, about the uh, five o'clock hours. So. Depends on the day, really, and how cold it actually got before I got to the thermostat. But you know, hmm. it's all right. We're surviving. You know what? Uh, I'm glad to be here, Gordon. I'm glad to be talking to you. I'm glad the NBA is coming uh, coming back. You know, we all uh, think about things we're glad for. Those those are a few. I'm glad to be uh, on this show with you. I'm glad to be working with Austin. You know. It's good things. All good things. All right. Well, good. I'm glad that you're glad about that. What about you? Do you have a, a sandwich made for you today? Uh, I, you know, it's funny because it was a joint project today. <laughs> okay. What was your role in this joint operation? Well, I had a, an egg salad sandwich. Ooh, I like I, egg salad. Yeah. And I peeled the eggs and... Uh, Handed them to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that. That's funny and makes it more believable. I was about to say that the only part uh, of that sentence I believed was had egg salad sandwich. Oh <laughs> uh, man, I might have done a couple other things. I hope mean, you I, didn't break a sweat. Yeah, right. Peeling hard boiled eggs. But I'm with you on the egg salad sandwich. That's a that's a tasty sandwich. I sliced sounds like a good cheese. lunch. <laughs> Yeah, it was good. Good. I I was happy to eat it. I'm sure so, you were. Uh, is Austin brown bagging it still? Does he bring uh, Does he bring food? In? I believe so. The hot pocket thing, man. The hot pocket. Here we have go. Have you done again. that yet? Nope. You said nope, you were going to do it. I know. I said I was going to, but I have not actually done it yet. That would require me going to the store to actually get a hot pocket. Um. <laughs> well, get on I that. Wa- uh, I get- watched the I watched the Jim Gaffigan uh, bit on the hot pocket, and it didn't exactly encourage me uh, to uh, to go partake. That's why we told you not to Chicken. do it because you're going to ruin it for us. But now I'm kind of interested uh, to see what you think. I had mine delivered to my front porch. By the way, I didn't have to go to any store. Yeah, there you go. Amazon it, Gordon. Get on, jump on the Prime, or or hop on that uh, that or the DoorDash or whatever. Hop on one of those choppers that you and Lisa are riding around these days, and cruise on down to the to the store real quick. Well, uh, I, I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it because I feel like uh, it, it's something I haven't yet to experience, and so I, I need to see what that's like. I really just wanted to call your electric bikes choppers. Oh, I thought you really had like purchased it was like some a motorcycle. Yeah. No, 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 no. They've got those thought, electric. No, I thought you meant helicopter. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? No, a chopper like like motorcycle. Any I'm glad of the three I, is I'm likely. Glad I, huh? I, I clarified. No, Gordon has these these cool uh, e bikes that he's tool, uh, tooling around on. Those things are pretty sweet. My neighbor rides one to work. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can go a long way on those things. Yeah. We've got a producer that rides one to work. Oh, we do, Eric. And he thinks Lloyd's going to steal it. Producer. So he locks it to the board. Does he really? Kind of. Producer of Utah Car Sense. Check it out every Saturday. Wait, he locks it to the board? No, I mean, he brings it all the way in here with him, and it's just he, me, and Lloyd, and he locks it out in the, like, locks <laughs> okay, the that, wheel. Okay, that's, that's really weird. Because <laughs> that, that, that's true, because there's layers of security here, right? I mean, there's security at this building 24-7. There's the security of the, the like, uh, you your can card, see it. your card that you have to to swipe to get in the door. I mean, really, if there is a place where you don't have to lock your bike up, it's here. Unless, and here's where Austin's right on the money. Unless you really don't trust your coworkers. <laughs> Bingo. And Lloyd sounds- has, has a, a streak in him of pranking from time to time. So, and and by the way, has a, a low opinion of of whoever's job it would be to get to the bottom of that caper. <laughs> 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 hmm, who done it? Who done it? Let let's see. We have we have Mike all, from IT. All sorts of camera angles we can look at if <laughs> if push came to shove. <laughs> and we know for a fact that these people were in the building at the time. So anyway. Yes. So I mean, is Lloyd really have that kind of reputation amongst everybody? Well, true, but I think Lloyd is smarter than trying to do that. Oh. Okay. Especially in this building on a Saturday where it's Austin, Jeff, and Eric, <laughs> and security. That's it in the building. Maybe, That's maybe, it. He just, maybe he just does that out of force of habit. 
you know, it's just kind of part of the routine. He's a it's good not dude. That he, it's not that he distrusts Austin. He's a, he's a good guy, and he, he does a, a good job with you guys there on Utah Car Sense. Listen to that. I wonder how much works you hard. get for that if you uh, took it down to the pawn shop and sold he it. He told me how much it's worth. Maybe that's why he's locking Maybe it. Maybe that's it. Again, someone would have to be pretty foolish to, <laughs> while he's on the board producing, <laughs> steal it out of the studio. It, it, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't make it far. <laughs> and, and Even he, if he puts it out there, you can see it. Where's he going to go? <laughs> where, where are you going to go with it? Uh, Nowhere fast. I love it. I love it. All right, Gordon. Well, we have a we have a lot to get to today. In fact, we should dive right in because today is uh, we we finally know what's going on with the NBA. Austin, let's get to the split story. Two guys, two topics, two, two, two. two opinions. You talk. Give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Sam Amick from The Athletic. Looks like they're headed for uh, sunny Florida, right? Yeah, most likely. I mean, Orlando is definitely the front runner in this thing. Seems to be on track to get the bid. They seem to be honing in on a one-city format as opposed to splitting it up. It does appear that the league's preference for sure is to do Orlando. It's a more controlled environment. It's private property where you can create kind of a medical bubble without having it necessarily feel like a medical bubble and maybe let people have a little bit of freedom without risking their health. So a lot for the league to get through here, but that's certainly the direction it seems to be going. All right, that, of course, was the great Sam Amick of The Athletic. Uh, Today, the NBA Board of Governors uh, voted to approve a 22-team format to restart uh, the 2019-2020 season in Orlando, Florida. Gordon, it was a 29-to-1 vote with the Portland Trailblazers uh, being the exception, uh, the NBA Players Association is expected to vote on this coming up on Friday. They have a conference call set, and uh, the wheels are officially in motion, Gordon. And we can get into some uh, of the further details that we learned about today. But uh, your first reaction to the NBA coming back? Yeah, it's good as long as it can be done safely. And I'm a little nervous about that. But uh, but because, uh, you know, COVID-19 isn't, isn't going anywhere. It's all around. And so I hope they can do it safely. And if they can, it'll be fun to watch. Uh, it'll be fun to be able to enjoy some competitive basketball again. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the Trailblazers being the only team that voted uh, against it. I don't think it was so much against – I mean, the, the Blazers want to play basketball. They just had some concerns about some of the specifics. You know, they did. And and, you know, I I understand that it's it's kind of funny. Sometimes you you'll hear about, say, some bill that's passing through Congress or something and somebody votes against it. It makes it look like they don't want it to pass uh, a a major part of it to pass when really it's some detail that somebody has something against. And so that that's the sense I got with the Blazers as far as this goes. But you're right. Twenty nine to one. Everybody thought it would be fairly one sided. And it was three quarters uh, of the owners needed to vote in the affirmative. And uh, they, they well exceeded that. I'm glad the Blazers somewhat explained, or or at least what uh, Adrian Wojnarowski reported about the Blazers for some of their uh, meaning for their vote. I'll read right from his reporting. Blazers are eager to resume season, but chose to vote no because franchise believed there were more competitive and innovative formats on the table, uh, including those addressed uh, 2020 NBA draft lottery odds, which Gordon will get to here in a moment, mm-hmm. uh, based on regular season games in Orlando. Uh, Portland's vote, the lone dissenting uh, in the 29-to-1 Board of Governors call today on the NBA's 22-team plan uh, to resume, excuse me, reflected the franchise's feedback from its players as well. So we wondered, Gordon, if there was going to be dissent, if it was going to be about concerns over COVID-19. Not the case. It's that they didn't get liberal enough with their adjustments, which... We wondered how teams would would look at that, too. So uh, I'm glad they explained or or there's some explanation out there on why they voted no. Why do you suppose the Blazers would have a problem with uh, the lottery teams being lined up off of the records as of March 11th? Why why would that be troubling to them? (laughs) Uh, Because because they have nowhere to go but up. No, I think Uh, unless they think they're just going to show up and tank. 
Well, and I've, then that would put them in a more advantageous odd situation in the lottery. No, no, no. I, I maybe I, I read it uh, wrong or sounded wrong, but it, it sounds like the Blazers were in favor of that. They okay. wanted more. It says uh, the franchise believed there were more competitive and innovative formats on the table, including those address 2020 NBA draft lottery odds. So there were more adjustments that they they liked that one for I obvious gotcha. reasons because they're in the lottery. And mm-hmm. they can still play their way into the playoffs yeah. and won't be punished for it. So, of yes. course, of course, uh-huh. the Blazers are like, yes, yes, that one. But it That's sound- why it did make sense to me. <laughs> it sounds like uh, there are others that they were in favor of as well. I, d- I don't know what, uh, what those would be. Mm. Maybe it was uh, eliminating the conferences. Maybe they wanted to go 1 through 16 for some reason. I don't know. Uh, well, let's just – I mean, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. They're, they're, and everybody has a different point of view on that. And uh, but but the the teams wanted to play, the teams, uh, be it the owners or be it the coaches or, and I think that's a reflection of the players too. I think they want to play as well, and so hence, uh, yeah, not perfect, but uh, good enough to approve so that uh, play can resume. And it'll be interesting to see in the wind up to all of this, Jake, uh, how it goes for the players. Some I think have probably kept themselves in pretty good shape. And have had an opportunity to to maybe work on their game, or at least polish it a little bit, or keep it keep it uh, in in, in de- decent shape. But uh, some some players uh, might be sort of starting from way back, and that that adds a wild card aspect to what will be happening once play resumes on July thirty first. Uh, what kind of shape will the players be in? We've talked about it in the past. What kind of coordination? How will they fit together? How will how rusty will they be? Uh, all of that uh, adds to the intrigue from this point forward. I I couldn't agree more. One of my uh, my favorite anecdotes from Ennis Cantor, who was known for his fine stories. But do you remember? Uh, and it was between his rookie and his second year, I believe, where he talked about how he went home back to Turkey to see mm. his his parents for a couple of weeks. When by the way, he was actually allowed to go back to Turkey. Uh, he came back. Do you remember this, Gordon? He came back north of 300 pounds. <laughs> he, I don't, I don't he, remember that. You don't remember that? He came no. back. He, he talked about it after he'd lost the weight because he lost the weight again uh, before training camp. But he talked about it, I think it was at the opening of camp, where he said, yeah, I came back uh, from Turkey overweight because my mom just wanted to feed me and I was home. And, you know? <laughs> And then you know had to had to work on it and lose the weight and and all of that. I think it's I I think that reason you're talking about right there is why there's such a long lead up time. They need to make sure the product that they put down in Orlando is is where it needs to be, and so that's why we're seeing this because because you know this whole COVID experience, Gordon. It feels like nothing goes from zero to normal. There's this you know gradual. What uh, what's the the analogy the governor uses? The dial. You know, everything kind of slowly. And right now they're they're doing the distancing and and doing one on one workouts and slowly that will evolve to a training camp, uh, essentially, and then a training camp in Orlando and the testing procedures will begin in late June. So, I mean, it's this slow uh, ramp up to where they can actually do some serious work on getting players in shape enough to to resume the season. So I it's. It, it will be one of the great unknowns going into this thing is, you know, who sheltered in what situation, how much were they able to do, and how much effect can you overcome that in a short amount of time? It's going to be fascinating. I just looked up favorite Turkish foods, and there's something called montage. Mm. There's something called, is it, uh, how do you say this, baklava? Baklava, yeah. Okay. Baklava? So, I think it's yeah. either way. I don't know. I don't know. Burik? Metza? Dolma? Turkish delight. I don't know what that is. Anyway, you're right. Wasn't that, I the, mean, old, uh, wasn't that the old theme for camel cigarettes? <laughs> Turkish delight? <laughs> what? Uh, really? Anyway. Oh, uh, big potatoes are big over there. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, you bring up a terrific point there. People are in different circumstances. And I imagine most of these guys are in an age frame where they'll be able to get back into shape, I think, relatively quickly. And, and some of them 
have uh, kept themselves that way. So if they haven't had access to a basketball and a and a and a, and a you know a, a, a rim or a basket to, to shoot at, uh, I imagine that talent doesn't just disappear. I mean, they'll be able to fine tune themselves between now and July 31st. Uh, and I, I think they'll be all right. And uh, as I mentioned yesterday, I think in some respects, for some players, it actually the three months rest probably was a good thing from a physical standpoint. Uh, so that maybe they'll be in better shape and maybe they'll have more energy and be able to play harder and better. You know, it, that's another thing that we've talked. We talked about this at the very the very beginning. That load load management this season meant nothing. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, it meant it meant zero. So all that stuff was just wiped away, and you're starting again. Not uh, you know, almost after after this is said and done, Gordon. How long is it going to be? Four months? Five? Yeah, four? I, yeah. Well, since March 11th. I mean, all that all that rest. I mean, it just cleaned the slate. Yeah. Yeah. So. So some of these players, I think, will be raring to go and be able to play really well. Uh, I don't have as much concern about injuries. I I understand that, you know, an eight-game uh, home stretch and straight into postseason play that everyone talks about is so intense and whatnot. Uh, I understand that. And there is a risk. Some guys might get injured. But I, I think it's really less likely or no more likely under this scenario than it would be in most normal seasons. Just to illustrate my my, uh, I'm with, well. First of all, let me address what you said. I'm sorry. Uh, the injury front. I'm I'm with you. I think the the two month lead up time, that's that's a lot of time. That is to get it to get back in shape. So I, I'm with you there. I, I feel like that's a, an ample amount of time for trainers and and for coaches and for teams to to get their teams in in pretty decent shape. So I, I think that was heavily considered during this en- entire process. Uh, so I certainly agree with you there on the on the 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 load management having an impact. You know, think about last year in the finals, Gordon, or even that entire playoff run. It it felt like Kawhi Leonard had an extra gear. Yeah. And and that everybody, you know, the popular narrative afterwards uh, was load management really paid off for the Toronto Raptors. And and Kawhi is making that a part of his career going forward now, even to the Clippers. But Kawhi will not have that advantage this year. Hmm. Yep, that's right, because everybody's in that, in that uh, well-rested state. Everybody's rested. Nobody's tired. There isn't anybody think, running what, out of gas at the end of the season. Everybody's you, in the same shape. Jake, what do you think the likelihood is that there are some players who did the Ennis Cantor thing? And, oh, some I mean, did, for sure. Like, who would be a likely candidate to do that? Well, I mean, somebody that went home uh, overseas probably would be a pretty good candidate because, you know, if they're going home to families or, or what the laws are, depending on where they're going home to, how much yeah. they can actually do or not do. You know, if we, in, in Ennis's case, you go home to stay with mom. And wherever you go, uh, you, you know, the, the, they say you can't go anywhere and mom just wants to feed you. I mean, what well, are you going to do? I was trying to think of a jazz player who might fit into that risk uh, zone. And I, I really don't. I can't. I'd be shocked if guys come back, you know, looking like a tub of goo. Well, what about somebody? Um, um, what about somebody, say, in, in a New York environment? You know, I'm sure there are uh, many players, even not on the Knicks, who live in New York. And you're just in an apartment. In Manhattan, yeah. and you're not going anywhere for two months, and there's nowhere to go, even if you could. But how many of these players live in an apartment in New York? I don't know, or or weren't didn't, able didn't, to procure didn't a place go somewhere back else. To New York, I think I, he didn't go to New York City, though, right? He went uh, to he's, he went to his mom and dad's house, right, right, which is not in New York City. I think it's in, in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know how many players are in live in environments where they would have no room to to be able to keep themselves in decent shape. Uh, you know, there might be a few, but it seems like that would be the minority, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know. People have had to get creative through this whole thing. And, you know, the Jazz have had their facility open for how long now, Gordon? A couple of weeks. Yeah, wow. Uh, going through procedures and, and distancing, and they're, they're going to great lengths to make sure safety measures are, are met. I think I was. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was surprised to hear that the Spurs still haven't opened their facility. 
different uh, owners have behaved differently. Like Mark Cuban, I don't think. Have, have the Mavericks opened theirs? I thought what I read was the Spurs was the only one that was not open. Okay, so the Mavericks but, have. But I know Mark Cuban was holding out. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, look, they care about their players. They want them to be safe. Uh, and, and I think that really is a top priority. If it's not a top priority, it should be. So, but uh, I imagine it's okay to go outside and run, isn't it? Now, I know if you live in an urban setting where there's not a whole lot of room to run, that could be problematic. But uh, I, I would imagine that most NBA players have access to be able to do something. Right. Who knows? And it's not like playing NBA basketball. I mean, these guys run their butts off. And I used to think when I was younger, when I was uh, in uh, you know high school or college age, I, I thought basketball is a great way to stay in shape. I mean, you got to bust your hump up and down the floor, and it does. It keeps you in good shape. And I used to think I, if I were a football coach, I think I'd have some of my players play basketball just to keep them – Keep them as uh, nimble as possible. Uh, it is it, so. So competitive at that competitive level in the NBA, these guys are in remarkable shape. Most of them. Uh, so I mean, maybe somebody, maybe a player here, a player there, parked it and didn't do anything the whole time. But that's almost hard for me to imagine. Right. Right. All right. We'll have more on the NBA's return coming up right around the corner. It is the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, ninety-seven-five and twelve eighty. The Zone. But I refuse to let you go If I have to beg, plead for your sympathy I don't mind, cause you mean that much to me Ain't too proud to beg Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott Band of the Day today is The Temptations Selected by Gordon and brought to you by Live Nation Concerts Buy concert tickets and get the latest tour news and artist insight at LiveNation.com Gordon, I've got I've to gotta give you credit You're a... You're a you're a better man than me in this sense. Boy, how? That Austin and I picked on you yesterday with the band of the day. And today, you selected a band that uh, just scratches me right where I itch. Oh, well, that's the kind of team player I am. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That uh, Well done with the, with the Temptations. Terrific yeah, band. It's been a while since we've had them as our band of the day, Austin. I don't, I don't know when the last time was. Yeah, well, it seems probably like it's last year sometime. Yeah. yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. There, was so a, a, there was a surprisingly good television movie made about the Temptations back in the like mid-90s, and I found it streaming somewhere uh, a couple of months ago, and I watched it. It's, it's really good. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> That's helpful. <laughs> I think it's just, it might be just called the Temptations. Well, no, it's called more than the Temptations, obviously. But anyway, I'd recommend it. Is it called the Five Heartbeats? That doesn't sound familiar, but that could be it. There's a miniseries called The Temptations, that's a four-hour television miniseries. That's the one on NBC. There you go. All right, pretty good. Not the Five Heartbeats. Are you still doing the? Uh, no, not the Five Heartbeats. Are you still doing the the movie thing with the fam every night? Is that yes, still is that still rolling? Almost every night. Yeah. It is. Right now we are about, um, I want to say about 17 or 18 movies into the Marvel franchise. Jeez. That's you know, a lot. Ten, what do you get? How many are there? 24, 25? 29. Like 29. So you've got, there's wait a little, minute, little, meat, left not, little the, meat left on that no, boat. there's not 29. There's not that many. Because we counted them up before we started. But it's in the 20s. I mean, it's uh, technically, number. how many Marvel movies are there says 45. No. Well, whatever. <laughs> uh, anyway, the ones that are part of, you know, the more normal. And we're watching them in order. Uh, not in order of release, but in order, in suggested order of chronology. I think I think there's 23 of what you're yeah. looking at. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we uh, the next one up might be Black Panther. I've never seen that movie. It's good. I've seen that one. Yeah, yeah, it's so. good. Uh, <laughs> well, movie zone tonight. Yeah, movie zone tonight. Uh, Austin Horton and Johnny Lightfoot. Well, might I throw my suggestion in there? The the four hour miniseries event of the Temptations, Gordon. Well, okay. and then after that, uh, you, you got to go Lonesome Dove. Those are, that's my two opinions right there. And if yeah. you can't find Lonesome Dove streaming, I'll, I'll bring you my copy. 
I've heard a lot of people say that's their favorite book of all time. Oh, it's an amazing book. I've read it many times. Oh. All right. Well, uh, all suggestions are uh, merited. I, you know, I've liked, I think in total, since uh, all of this happened on uh, March 11th, at least that seems like it's the time that I remember, obviously, when the Jazz game against uh, OKC was postponed. Uh, I think I watched like 80 movies. That's incredible, actually. Yeah, all kinds of different. I'm not a big Marvel guy. I'm not, I I get a little tired of depending on superheroes to save the world and whatever but uh but i, I got to admit those are they're they're pretty well done most of them for if if you like that sort of thing but uh anyway. how, how many of you have fallen asleep during now couple yeah that yeah. happen uh gordon can we get to some dates also uh yeah. we we learned today mainly from shams sharania of the athletic here's uh, as talk about the nba returning so uh, let's see. The, for the uh, the 2019-2020 season, it will obviously begin July 31st. Training camp will be June 30th. July 7th is when they'll move to Orlando for a training camp, uh, Gordon. Uh, as we found out yesterday, the last day for a possible Game 7 of the NBA Finals is October 14th. Free agency would uh, begin October uh, 18th. Uh, let's see, 2020-2021 targets, Gordon, a November 10th training camp and a December 1st opening night. They did report uh, that it could remain fluid, but that's what they're aiming at. That's incredible. Mm. I mean, that, that that's a month in between NBA Finals and, uh, and essentially training camp where you have to get a draft and free agency done. So what effect do you think that will have on next season? Oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to either condense it or it's going to push it back, obviously yeah. by a, by a but, couple of months, and then that'll affect the the season after that, depending on how much they want to move that season around. I mean, I was actually for for planning purposes discussing today's news with my wife, and it's like, wow, this is going to affect calendar for the NBA for a while. It has the potential to anyway, depending on how they handle it. Yeah, that's what I meant by it. Sort of my question was. Uh, intended for the future season, well, well, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, the NBA season is, is quite a challenge. So to move them closer together like that, it seems, I don't know how that's going to affect play. You know, the, of the teams that were left out of the 22-team plan, I mean, they're worried about the exact opposite that they won't play for nine months or whatever. And I understand that, that uh, difficulty as well. But, man, you're, you're sort of stacking the seasons, uh, aren't yep. you? Yeah. And I don't know, maybe this is a tryout, and maybe they'll permanently move everything. Um, if not, I mean, you know, after next season, the off season will be extremely short. Uh-huh. I mean, because what yeah. if you end next season in August? And then report for training camp in September for an October start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's actually pretty pretty wild to think about it, and I suppose that's why they weren't all that eager to wait till uh, Christmas to open up the next season. Because you know, when you look at this, time is a factor. You have to make up for these months missing somehow in your calendar, and that's going to be an, that's going to be a big challenge. Yeah, uh, in in on in on every level is what I'm trying to say. Uh, you know, as far as uh, the the uh, the think folks, the folks who have to evaluate talent, the folks who have to decide on who who they're interested in drafting, for those who have to decide who they're interested in as far as free agents go, and uh, certainly for the players getting themselves prepared. Yeah, this is this is pretty uh, pretty jammed up. We are going to be drowning in NBA basketball for the next two years. <laughs> and for the last three months, we could go where to go. We are absolutely going to be having the NBA be a big, big part of our lives, really, for the next two years, which is, which is great. Do you have any sympathy or empathy for the teams that are being left out? Yes. Or do, or do you just look at it and say, hey, man, you should have been better? No, I, uh, of course. It's your own fault. 
of course, sympathy and empathy, you know, does that win out in my overall opinion? Uh, you know, not necessarily, but yeah, of course I do. I mean, I, I keep bringing up this example, but if you're the Hawks, you want Trey Young playing. You want that guy on the fast track to be in a, a potential superstar, right? I mean, you want him out there competing, and you want him out there on the same page as his, as his teammates and newly acquired Clint Capella. I mean, they... Yeah, I bet the the franchises left out are the developing franchises, the franchises that need to play. I've got to be for that when, for sure. When teams are eliminated from postseason play, how do you think players uh, view that? Do they look at it like, oh, man, I really missed out. I wanted to be a part. I wanted to be under the spotlight. I wanted to have that opportunity to thrive. Or do you think there are some players who take a deep breath and go, whew, okay, now I can relax now, I, I don't have to worry about that. I don't have to perform under pressure. It's kind of all decided for them by by way of their elimination. I, I bet it varies on the individual. I mean, think about, uh, think about um, uh, a, t- a player trying to make it on a bad team uh-huh. or, or a player that's got some sort of free agency coming up. I mean, maybe they look at it as, well, I'm going to stop passing. Uh, and I'm going to go out there and get my numbers because <laughs> Papa wants to get paid. So, I mean, I, I imagine it depends on the player, uh, their reaction to those circumstances. You know, I'm sure some mail it in. What did LeBron do last year with the Lakers? And I'm not, I'm not saying this critically, by the way, but, you know, he had an injury that he, he gave into. I mean, we see that happening a lot, right? You're playing through stuff, you're playing through, and then you get eliminated from the playoffs, and it's like, well, I'm going to stop playing on it and start healing and i and i don't blame you know i don't blame players who who do that or at least i try not to it's it's tough when you know you you go watch a game that's not competitive because the best players aren't playing that's you know it's not a not a ton of fun i remember the uh the last game of last year between the uh between the jazz and the clippers or was it the lakers i think it was the clippers where Joe Ingles was like the only player on either team playing. I mean, and that game went to overtime. You know, I, I get it. It doesn't make for the best basketball at the time, but I, uh, I also understand it and understand not, the motivation. I'm not sure you would want to have a roster full of players who are glad to have the time off when they don't qualify for the postseason. That would probably spell some kind of doom for the future as well as the present. All right, Gordon. Well, we'll continue to talk about this all day. Obviously, the NBA, uh, it's official. It's, uh, it's coming back. I know you've got a column up at sltrib.com. We'll, we'll talk about that as well. But I uh, want to get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, and I'm uh, very excited about this, want to promote, want to get the word out about the cabins at Bear River. And uh, Gordon, joining the show, and I, I'm saying my friend because genuinely my friend got a chance to, to go stay at these cabins uh, and, and meet Roger and, and meet his whole crew and, and get a firsthand look at the operation and, and uh, excited to bring it to uh, the zone and, and to our big show listeners. Uh, Roger, first and foremost, how are you? How's the crew up there? How are things? Hey, Jake, we're doing great. Thanks. And uh, yeah, we need to get you back up here. Oh, we would love it. I, uh, I, I got to tell you, it was a really special experience for my family. And, and Gordon, get this. I, I think I told you about this, but Sadie, my toddler, two and a half years old, caught her first fish. Caught her first fish ever right there at uh, those, those fishing ponds, which are just perfect, uh, perfect for families. But uh, my experience, I mean, and we can talk about the side-by-sides, and I had a great experience in the cabins, of course. But the, the fishing was amazing. You guys uh, took care of, of tackle, and you got me everything that I needed. And uh, it was just a, just a terrific experience all the way around. Yeah, you know, I talk about our location all the time. We're just two hours from Salt Lake. We're up on the Mirror Lake Scenic Byway. We border the National Forest. Our cabins overlook the Bear River, and the Bear River feeds our two fishing ponds. It's just an incredible location, and we're inviting people to come up and see everything we have to offer, learn about our shared cabin ownership program, learn how they can own a deeded interest in one of our cabins and come up and enjoy it with none of the headaches, none of the hassles of cabin ownership. We take care of everything for them. We clean the cabins. We maintain the cabins. And for 99 bucks, they can go to BearRiverLodge.com, buy a gift certificate, and come up and talk to us about our ownership program. Can you describe for our listeners uh, what types of accommodation you have up there? 
Yeah, Gordon. We have one bedroom, two bedroom, five bedroom cabins. Mm. Then we have the swimming pool. We have the hot tubs. We border the forest. We have on-site store and on-site grill. We have on-site snowmobile rentals, ATV rentals, side-by-side rentals, snow bike rentals, dirt bike rentals. It just—it's just a great opportunity to come explore the forest and come see everything out there. You know, I'll I'll uh, relay some personal experiences throughout the day as uh, we're going to have you on uh, a few times today, Roger. But uh, I'll tell you, you talk about easy to get to. Um, Gordon, uh, we joke that that before the GPS, you weren't uh, the the best person I knew with with directions. But are you ready for how easy it is to get to uh, get there, Gordon? You ready? Please help me. You drive to Evanston. You get off the second exit, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, Roger. Second exit, and you turn right, and then you drive, hmm, I don't know, 20 miles until you run right into it. I mean, it is so unbelievably easy. Yeah, we joke all the time that it's one right-hand turn from the Salt Lake Airport. We have people flying in from across the world, literally. They hop on I-80, they go East Evanston, take a right turn at exit 5, and come out 30 miles. It's one right-hand turn from Salt Lake. So come on up. Yeah, it is super Man, that easy. Sounds, that sounds really, really good. I, I might have to reserve myself a couple of those cabins up there, Roger. Gordon, Hans is coming up this weekend, and we're going to have some fun. You need to tag along, and we'll, uh, you know, you don't know this, but we have one thing in common. I have a bunch of daughters just like you, so. (laughs) And they've given me a lot of grandkids, so come on up, and let's have some fun. Ah, And, and Gordon, we'll we'll dive into the size of of the cabins and kind of the variety you can get, but there's a cabin up there that could could absolutely house the whole group. I mean, it's it's beautiful, and uh, it, we can't encourage you enough to go to BearRiverLodge.com, BearRiverLodge.com, and uh, go see for yourself that $99 for a one-bedroom cabin is just phenomenal, and we'll talk about some other opportunities for Zone listeners as the show goes along. But, Roger, i got to tell you, it's great to hear your voice. Thanks for jumping on the show, and we'll uh, send our listeners your way. Great, guys. Talk to you later. There you go. That's our friend uh, Roger from the cabins at Bear River. Again, bearriverlodge.com. And I've been on their website. It's, it's uh, really, really easy to, uh, to navigate. Gordon, you're, you're an angler yourself. I, I should tell you that, uh, that Sadie caught her first fish on power bait. And it, was, bait. Uh, it was yellow, if memory serves. What kind of fish did she catch? Rainbow trout, mm. buddy. Oh, that's yeah. a good way to start. Yeah. I, that's what I said. In fact, uh, my wife got it on video, and I'm just freaking out because it's a rainbow trout. Like, what an amazing, what an amazing fish to catch for your first fish. And no so carp, you, no carp for my daughter. Thank you very so, much. So you had a great time up there, huh? It was amazing, and I, I got to be honest, it was just what the what the doctor ordered uh, when I, we went up. I'm looking at the pictures. I can smell. The forest. Oh, it's incredible. Just looking at these pictures. Oh, it's amazing. And, and the winters are just are just beautiful. Um, we'll talk about the side by sides and stuff uh, and stuff later. But there's a ton to do. Uh, the cabins are are un, are unbelievably clean, and uh, it was it was great to to get out into the the great outdoors. Another wonderful yeah. movie, Movie Zone, uh, 7 o'clock. Listen in. All right, we'll have more coming up next. It's the Big Show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of the Zone. Sunshine, blue skies, please go away. A girl has found another and gone away with her. Big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. It's a great day. The NBA is returning, Gordon. We've got um, what's going on coming up at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Great clip today from Will Snowden on with Hanson Scotty. So we look forward to uh, sharing that with our uh, listeners coming up. Also highlights from the Joe Ingalls show. So a busy what's going on today. Uh, top of the 4 o'clock hour, Sam Amick of The Athletic, who has been right there reporting all this stuff all the way through. Uh, this situation, Gordon, and uh, is is the perfect guy to have on today. That the uh, that we find out the NBA officially is returning. So Sam at the top of the four o'clock hour, and then Josh Parcell, our friend at the top of the five o'clock hour. We're going to talk to him about uh, how difficult it will be for college football to return and what 
form that may take. Uh, so we'll talk to him about that. He also does a radio show in Charlotte, so we'll uh, we'll ask him how the NBA news is being received there uh, with the Hornets because Michael Jordan was fairly vocal about them not wanting to participate. So. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that man, that's a great lineup today. Yeah, we're set today I mean, for sure. Yeah, guys, perfect uh, to talk about the important issues. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. No doubt about it. So there's uh, there's a lot going on, especially in the world of the NBA. Uh, are you are you did you continue to come up with solutions? Did we fix the home court advantage problem? <laughs> I didn't see any. Uh, I didn't see any official word on the home court advantage uh, situation we were debating yesterday on how yeah. you can uh, bring that back into the game into a game with no fans in a neutral site. Really, I I, I think with all the fun we had with it yesterday, and there were some great ideas, uh, and, and many of them came from you in Austin. Thank you, thank you, Gordon. Did you just give Austin and myself I, some I am credit? Shocked. I know. Yeah. I was almost. I was. I almost waited a half a heartbeat because I thought the <laughs> the other shoe was dropping quick. I'll be shocked. You be dismayed. Okay. No. no thank you, Gordon. But 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 as I looked through the ones that had been put forth by the GMs, I I don't like changing the rules, Jake. I, it's a favor one just to give them some sort of uh, home court advantage edge or to make up for it. But of all the ones I saw there, I think the one that might make the most sense is allowing them to possession of the ball to bring it in at the quarter breaks. I uh, agree with that. Let me ask you this, because I was actually, you know, this is Gordon, how you know, you, you bring up a good topic. I was, I was thinking about this from a, le- a legitimate sense as I was uh, driving home uh, from the show yesterday, and I was thinking about that argument that you made, you don't want to alter the rules. I was, but I thought, how do you view baseball? And having the home team bat in the bottom of the inning, having the last at bat, because that's a that's a rule that is fundamentally unfair for the other team and is based on home road. There's just no other way you can play the game, right? I mean, what are you going to do? Alternate? Uh, I don't know, but that that is certainly not uh, predicated on uh, fairness to both teams. So you're saying baseball is flawed? How dare you, sir? As no. a red-blooded American, I take offense to that. No, I'm just saying that uh, you you know you got half your games on the road and half your games at home, and so you alternate it that way. Uh, that's fair enough. That so that reaches the Monson fairness standard. Yes. So I it's not fair in one game, but over them all, it's fair. Uh, well, I mean, it's I, I, I <laughs> on a neutral floor. But what if uh, what if for the the scheduled home games one team gets it the scheduled road teams the other or the scheduled road games the other team gets it everybody does that fairly and uh, all okay, of a sudden the one game is unfair true but on the whole yes yeah. I see I have no problem with that look at that communication good communication and we we come to an agreement <laughs> and we both like the very same option with giving the home team just a, co- a potential for a couple more possessions. I think that that fits the bill quite nicely. It still hurts. It still hurts to even agree to that. But uh, but uh, who was it who I – I read the one story by Mc, – uh, what's his name? McMenamin? McMenamin. Yeah, that yeah. we were talking about yesterday. Yeah, and he said uh, – he who, who was the coach that he quoted who just said – I think it was Budenholzer, right? He said, look, man – I'm just happy to be playing games again. I don't even care about home court advantage. Just let us get out on the floor and see what we can do. Uh, That's the attitude I like. Uh, I agree. And I would guess that's the overall opinion of of coaches and players and certainly uh, franchises out there as we saw today. But... I mean, I don't know. These fun tweaks, I think, are, are fun to talk about. And and isn't the idea maintaining uh, as much of the integrity of the previous product as humanly possible? No, no. See, I'm still in favor of the, the visiting team. You have to stop play when they have the ball. You have to light it on fire. And then the home team, you put the fire out, and then they can handle the ball. Might make for some lengthy game times, but I'm but on hey, board. You'd watch hey, it. Whatever you got to do. I would watch it. Well, he's true. on fire. The, the ones that you guys really even know, I mean, I like the creativity involved, but it was really punitive to the road team. I mean, what you you Don't said? Lose. Every, the road you, team you got it rough. A, you said everything, but you know the road guys have to play without socks. Oh, that's a good one. 
blisters or just socks. Blisters are, are rough. Just socks. Now that would be interesting. <laughs> That'd be slipping all over the floor, wouldn't it? So okay, all right. See, I, making I, progress. I, I, I'm going to actually find it interesting to watch players play who have to motivate themselves without any boost from the home crowd. So what kind of difference will that make? Are there players who really get excited about playing in front of the home team? Or are there players who are really good normally on the road because they like to shut the crowd up? And now you've got an empty gym. So who's got the inner motor in that situation? And who will soar? Will we see the great dunks? Will we see Donovan Mitchell flying through the air and throwing that one-handed dunk down? Or will, will we see less of that because he's not being egged on by the crowd? And, you know, just to add on to that, think of how motivated you would be to put on a show if you were being chased by a swarm of bees. <laughs> well, I don't know if you can control the bees enough to keep them away from the home team. That would be hard. Maybe there's a there's a pheromone that you could make the road team <laughs> wear. That would keep the bees only flying toward them. I don't know. I don't know. It's not I, a perfect I, plan. I, but yeah, I would. But motivating, I would think. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't know who's going to be motivated by what. But uh, we'll see. We'll know when we see it. That's going to be fascinating to see how these players, not only how they come back, what kind of shape they're in, how the teams form together, and are they coordinated to the point where they can play like we're used to seeing them play? Or will there be all kinds of turnovers? Will there be defensive mistakes? But also, who responds to uh, to fans uh, all being in their TV dens? You know, sometimes we think the Jazz... Uh, when they were on national television, you see certain players lift their games a little bit or at least try to. Uh, now it's going to be all about those TV cameras and not about Joe and Jill Sixpack in row five. We have some breaking news from Sham Sharania, Gordon of The Athletic, literally just coming out right now. And this um, we probably all anticipated, but it's official. The NBA G League is canceling the remainder of its season. Hmm. Okay. Well, that does make sense. It does. This I don't. Is, I don't know. Compli- this is complicated enough as it is, you know. Oh, I don't Just think everything. That... Everything that's going on with the emphasis on trying to get the NBA season in there, trying to get the G League going. Without fans, I, uh, I I just don't know how that would go. Well, without fans, it's it's simply not worth it. But I I wonder how the NBA is going to take care of its minor league basketball players, much like we've uh, been following that issue in baseball. And I don't know well, the answer to that question, by the I'll way. Go, I'll go back to what I said. I really respect the major league teams that are paying those minor league players. I think that is cool. And we've seen a number of teams uh, step up to that and make sure those players are paid. I understand it can cost them into the millions. But, uh, you know, take care of those prospects, man. Take care of the guys that may end up helping you win at the major league level one day. I, I don't like seeing people's dreams just kicked away from them. And that's why I had a lot of respect for what Scott Boris did as far as his clients go, 175 of them in total at all different levels, making sure that all of them get the salaries that they were expecting. No doubt. Uh, Here, here. All right. Coming up next, what's going on? We're going to let you hear from Will Snowden. He was on with Hanson Scotty. Also, Joe Ingles, of course, the Joe Ingles Show each and every Thursday with DJ and PK. Stay tuned. It is The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.